Hello everyone, and this is episode 7 of Going Beyond Salvation um, for season 2, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And at the time of this recording, uh, we're still dealing with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and things in Wyoming over the weekend just exploded. Um, Sunday evening, we were informed that the governor and the superintendent of, of schools, the state superintendent of schools, had decided to make a recommendation for schools to close down. And being a newspaper reporter, when I found out is that they made the recommendation after a bunch of schools of school districts actually panicked and went ahead and canceled school without discussing like with public health officials. So there's this whole mass panic happening. And when my mom and them had been shopping over the weekend, they said people in the stores just had fear all of them, like all over them. You could see it. And everywhere you go, there's just this mass fear. And then there's also another total opposite spectrum where people are so in denial about the, the situation and just throwing a fit. And so, yes, our, our school districts here in Wyoming are closed at this point, And there's a lot of places that are going through the same things across the United States and even the world. But, you know, as Christians, and we're going to be paralleling a lot of what was happening, what is happening with the coronavirus and how Christians should re- react with today's daily reading. It just kept taking me back there because I think as Christians during this time, and as believers, we need to be different than how the world is. It's not saying that we're being ignorant to the situation. And, you know, like Sunday, you know, we were very careful. We had a pot. We call it a pot bless. It's generally called a pot luck, but we call it pot bless. And we just had made the determination, our church did, that the church would provide the food in the first place. Nobody would bring food. And then there was people that served. We had hand sanitizer. We encouraged people to wash their hands. And we still were diligent about cleaning the tables, disinfecting doorknobs and stuff. Just to make sure that, you know, we were following, you know, guidelines. You know, because it is real. People are getting sick. And so we're still trying to be respectful. But at the same time, we're trying not to live with fear. And so that's just something that as Christians we have to do. And I think as well during this time with the coronavirus as Christians, we have to say, okay, God, how can you use us in this situation to bless somebody else? Which it's true. There's other Christians. It's really helping them to really step out and let let God shine in their life and be Christ-like to those who, who may need help. Because, yeah, there are people that, you know, they're, they're struggling because, you know, there's a shortage of toilet paper and 
we stu- I have seen continually people saying, you know, I have, you know, extra that I'm not going to use. I'm willing to give a few rolls of toilet paper to somebody who's in need. And there's people that are, are stepping out and, and communities that are stepping out, especially with school districts closing, because many kids, they rely on cafeteria lunches and the cafeteria breakfast as their meals for the day. And so we're seeing a rise in that. But one of the things that really stood up to me in this time was um, actually in Exodus chapter 23 verses 25 through 26 and it says worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land I will give you a full lifespan and so you know I think as believers too you know in this time where there's fear and uncertainty Because there's not very much known about the coronavirus other than from what has been observed already. You know, I think as believers, we have to really not allow fear to take over. And still, you know, and I actually was talking with somebody today and they had heard from a missionary this weekend And they were saying, you know, they had such a good sermon about what idols are. And idols can be you know, things that you fear because when you're fearing over something, it's coming above God. It's it's taking its place above God. And so like if you're fearing about having, not having enough money or, or all this, it's, that's considered an idol. So it's like when we think about coronavirus, we can actually think, you know, we could cause ourselves to be so focused on that and allow the fear to sweep through us that, that, you know, we can cause ourselves to make that virus into an idol. And it's like the Lord was just speaking to me today to worship him. And as I was going to work today, I just had such a wonderful worship time on the way because it was like giving everything to the Lord and just letting his presence just take over and it's like you know what he's bigger than this coronavirus and so he can he can get rid of it and and he will it will go away you know in the name of Jesus so that's what I have to say so far about the coronavirus and we'll kind of talk about kind of referring to that as you know believers because yes this is a time where we can stand out in this time. You know, it's times like these where we need to say as a church, how can we be a blessing to others during this time who are living in fear, who are struggling that, you know, especially for older folks, you know, I live in Wyoming and Powell and where I also work in Basin. Those are generally huge retirement communities So you have a lot of these folks that are actually stuck at home because they can't go anywhere right now because they are considered susceptible. So it's like, how can we help people like that cannot get out and all of that? And so generally, uh, as we go into our daily reading 
you know, we, we really kind of summed up chapter 20 in the last podcast, you know, that the punishment for sin was death, you know, and that's just, you know, that's what it is, is the punishment for sin was death, but Jesus came and he was the ultimate sacrifice that took away that punishment. When we're covered under the blood of Jesus, our sin is wiped away and it's gone. So moving forward, we go into chapter 21 and we go through chapter, all of chapter 22. And it's talking about these rules for the priests. And then in 22, it talks about sacrifices, unacceptable sacrifices. And so when you look at the priests, there was these rules for the priests. They were held to a higher standard morally at then and and with qualifications than other believers you know they were held to a higher standard you know they had to be careful about you know when somebody died that they didn't make themselves unclean there was like certain people that they could mourn for you know and they there was only you know certain people they could marry they could marry a virgin or the widow of another priest. So they were held to a different standard in marriage and how how their clothes were to be, the food that they were to eat, how they were to offer the sacrifices. And even the sacrifices themselves were set apart and different. They could not be deformed. And it's the same way with the priests that any priest that had deformities were blind and or lame or you know, so for example, you know, that they, they could not be in the priesthood. Now, those who were disqualified from serving as ministers of God could still eat the most holy food, which was the full salvation provided by God's covenant. However, they still couldn't present themselves to God. So there was this these qualifications and then even the sacrifices the sacrifices couldn't have a blemish they couldn't you know you couldn't they couldn't have deformities it had to be spotless it had to be perfect and it also lays out that the the offering was to to be with its mother for for seven days and then on the eighth day it was an off you know acceptable offering to the lord and so we see here that there was this separation being set apart and being held to a different standard than the rest of the israelites and and you know not offering sacrifices that were unacceptable and as believers we're the same way you know when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior it's the same way we are held to a different standard than the rest of the world because we are to be living set apart from the rest of the world that you know, how we conduct our lives, how we conduct our lives in front of our coworkers, in front of people in the grocery store, even on Facebook, how we are 
is different. You know, what movies we watch, what books we read, what we share on Facebook, how we speak to others, we're held to a different standard. And so, you know, as Christians and as believers, we have to remind ourselves continually to live set of heart and not to, you know, just, you know, say, well, you know, I can, I can be, you know, this, you know, a Christian on Sunday and live the rest of my life a different way. You can't, it, it's, you know, serving two different masters and you can't, you, you have to choose one or the other. And so, you know, being living and setting apart and, you know, set apart and especially in times like this where there's so much fear and uncertainty, there's so much panic going on in this world because of the coronavirus. As Christian believers, we need to show that we are set apart and different, especially in times like this, because the people need to see the peace of God in our lives through our lives, how we act. You know, yes, you know, we're showing that we are not ignorant to that this is happening. You know, we're being diligent, but at the same time, we're saying we're not going to live in fear and being praying, you know, praying for people and saying, how can we bless others? And so that's going to speak to the world when we're living that way, because people are going to go, why don't they, why aren't they afraid? You know, and it gets people, you know, curious enough to say, why aren't you afraid in this time, in this age? And it's, you know, simple that, you know, I have peace in Christ. I, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And so I don't have to fear when pandemics like this happen because I have God. I have Jesus, you know, and so... That's something we need to think about as believers when we're going through that. And so that's something that I was like seeing when, you know, and it's not just during these times. You know, I just want to lay out, it's not just during the bad times, even the good times that we are to live that way. And then also, you know, as Christians, we are to give the best to God. We're not to give him sloppy seconds. And it's, and it's in everything in our lives, our worship, our, our time with him and, um, as well as our tithe and offerings to him, you know, sometimes people make the, the idea going, well, I'll pay my bills and then God gets whatever's left. And it's like, no, he gets the first, he gets the first offering with, with the tithe because that's his. And that's how it is with me these days, you know, it's not that I, it's not a ritual for me, but it's like, okay, this is God's, I'm giving, you know, God, you know, my tithe and it's always first, you know, and nothing. And, you know, it seems like everything, like our finances just turn out perfectly because of that. And so... We have to think about that as believers, that we're not giving God sloppy seconds, but that, you know, we're giving him our best in everything.
So that's what I was getting out of the book of Leviticus. So now we're back. It's we're at Psalm 31. And so like everything in the day, almost everything in the daily reading, like it just has like really speaks about what's going on when this time of the recording happening, you know, with this coronavirus and Psalm 31, you know, it, David has written this Psalm. And when you think about David, David went through a lot in his lifetime. And so these Psalms are him pouring out his heart and it's, the Psalm is a deeply personal prayer and it's expressing distress and lament you know, because of em- en- enemies, as we see in verses four and and eight, there's illness as evidence in verses nine through ten, and desertion by friends as you know in verses eleven through through thirteen. And Jeremiah used a, f- a phrase from the psalm in in verse thirteen, which is. For I hear the slander of many, there is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. You know, he used that to express his sorrow and fear. Jesus also quoted um, from this psalm at the beginning of of verse 5. It says, into your hands I commit my spirit. He ends up saying that on on the cross before he, he dies. You know, this prayer is expressing the heartfelt cry of all believers who suffer affliction because of illness, trouble, or oppression from the world, or or the enemies of righteousness. You know, it's revealing that in times of deep trouble, we can hide in the shelter of God's presence, as, as we see in verse 20, you know, that we can hide in the refuge of, of, of God's presence, and and that's how it is today. You know, we're seeing that. And many are, while the world is living in fear, you know, there's illness, there's troubles, there's uncertainty. But we have that promise as, as believers that, you know, we can turn to the Lord in those times and and find shelter and refuge in Him because only peace can come from the Lord. Only healing can come from the Lord. And so, you know, that's just something that we can take from Psalm 31. You know, especially in this time that that, that is recorded. And finally, in our podcast today, our talking, I'm going to go ahead and go through all of Mark chapter 25, or not 25, Mark chapter 5. I don't know, it just seems like I'm stuck in the book of Matthew, and so this is just going to be a struggle because it's two M's, and we are going to be jumping back and forth with today's podcast, you know, we're talking about Mark chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 8, 20, verses 28 through 34. And what it is, is because 
Jesus and his disciples get to the other side of the sea, and it's Mark says the the country of the Gerardines, and Matthew uses a different name, but it's the same area. He uses Gergesines, and which is the same area. It's they just use two different names, and it's probably just based on the translation at the time and the story here in mark chapter 5 about the demon possessed man mark and matthew are correlate pretty much you know for event for event other than mark records one man who's demon possessed matthew records two that are demon possessed not very many people have figured out why there's one and and two. Why there's a difference. I just like to say that, you know, it's just like when there's a car wreck. You know, every witness is going to tell a different version of the story. And they're going to see different things. Does it mean that they're not credible? No, it just means that, you know, they just see different things. And so, and Mark is going off of Peter's testimony, off of what Peter saw. And so, you're, you're seeing two versions, which makes it more credible when you're seeing this because it's two different ones. And so... You know, we go into Mark chapter 5, and what ends up happening is there's these swine, and they actually end up drowning because the demons get casted out, and the people wanted Christ to leave the region because he delivered the man, but it destroyed the pigs. And when what people don't realize is where that area was the pigs were a big source of income. And so I think fear took over the people because they were wondering, what are we going to do? And so, you know, and it's that way, you know, today that a lot of people are living in fear because of what is going on with the coronavirus. You know, people are allowing fear to take over. And, you know, it's like we have to let Christ enter into our life because he's the only thing that's going to take away that fear. And so when Christ is leaving, we see the man is wanting to travel with him. And I think really when you think about it is that the man probably had gotten possessed back at home. And so I think he was fearful to go back home. And I think a lot of believers, when they're, they're saved, they're very fearful that after their lives have been touched with such a great deliverance that, that they're going to easily go back to what God had delivered them from. And 
that's a true genuine fear I think among many believers is that they're going to get there that it's not going to last and it's like I just have to keep saying and, and we have to keep saying that there is such authority and a believer's testimony as well you know you know we're telling the great things the Lord has done and in our lives you know we overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony and so we shouldn't allow our lives to be living in fear all the time you know of of and allowing the enemy to continue to beat us down because we have overcome and so we see that with with the man that Jesus has him leave to testify about what the Lord has done. He's one that does not tell him to to be silent. He tells him to go tell the others. And I think it's just because he had been told to leave. And they were only going to believe this man. And so that's that part of Mark chapter 5. Then we, we see... Um, two more miracles happen the first you know we see um Jairus he was a ruler of the the Capernaum synagogue where Christ would have been invited to preach often he wants Christ to raise his daughter that's who's sick at the time she's sick and as they're going, there's the woman who ha- was subject to bleeding. And this is where Matthew, or not Matthew, but Mark, he has a comment that was not found in Matthew. And that the woman had spent all her money seeking doctors and cures during her, her years of suffering, but her condition only worsened. I want to say the first miracle, because if you ask doctors about this story, they will tell you. A lot of those that do doubt in in the Lord, they do not believe in God or anything. They always point to this story saying she should be dead because she had been subject to bleeding for so many years in that time. And they said she should be dead. Well, that was the first miracle that God did in her life was he kept her alive. And this, you know, second is that she was, you know, her faith steps out and she took a big step of faith because she was unclean. And for her to go through that crowd to touch his robe, that was a huge step of faith. For her to do that because it meant trouble for her to do something like that. And for her to step out in faith. I mean that just shows her faith in that time. That she was willing to go beyond the cultural boundaries in that time. That she was unclean based on the Mosaic law. And that she was not supposed to be around people. Because there's all these crowds of people crowding in around Jesus for her to go in just to touch the the hem of his robe believing that she would be healed just touching the hem of his robe and i mean she's healed and i want to point out that 
you know, in the King James Version, it says virtue went out of Christ's body. Some say power. The Greek word for either of those, either of those words is dunamis. It's the same Greek word Christ used when, when Christ said believers would receive power after the Holy um, Spirit comes upon them. In Acts 1.8, and dunamis is where we get our word for dynamite. So, it's powerful. And so this power went from Christ into the woman which healed her. Her faith pulled in this miraculous power from Christ's body and hers. And then when she was cured, the daughter of Jairus had died. And we see the story of Jairus' daughter in Christ. And they actually are pretty parallel with Matthew's, as in, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. And that's where... They're saying that Mark's gospel was the first written and other writers refer to Mark's gospel in many of his narratives. So we see that and we see with the daughter that even though everybody was saying to Jairus to not bother the teacher, that was great faith for him because he could have easily just dismissed Christ and said, well... You weren't here in time. My daughter is dead. But he believed, you know, even though he didn't see it, he believed and let Christ go in. And then we see Christ only picked a few people and he actually pushed out the the naysayers. And I think as believers, when we're going through times of trial and tribulation, we have to set out the negative people in our lives and all and include people believers brothers and sisters in Christ that encourage us and pray with us during those times and I think that's what's so great about being a believer is we're we're so close to each other during this time and you know we just encourage each other and that's just something that we have to do. And, and standing out in faith, even though we don't see it, you know. And and because of that, the, the girl is raised from the dead. And I think that's just something we can take into mind is that even though we don't see it, we should believe in it. Even though we don't see it. And it's something we should cling on to and proclaim over and over in our lives. And, you know, and I think about it, you know, we see these miracles in the Bible. You know, and I see what's going on with the coronavirus. And my heart goes out to say, you know, this is a time where where Christ's miracles could, you know, and, you know, miracles are still happening and have still been happening since Christ and so you know because his disciples you know the when they were filled with the Holy Spirit there was miracles that happened and you know believers all over the world I know that there are evangelists and all that that see the power of God move in so many ways and 
you know, so the same miracles we saw in the in the book of Mark, we we will see and continue to see over and over again. So that's pretty much it for episode seven. I hope I said episode seven instead of episode six at the beginning. This is a Monday for me and, you know, being a reporter with everything that's going on. So uh, for the next reading, we're going to read Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1 through chapter 24, verse 20. We're almost done with the book of Leviticus. And then we have Psalm chapter 32, Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. And then Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. And then Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through chapter 6, verse 6. I will probably just go over the whole chapter of Mark. We will see it. I'm just going to let the Spirit guide me how he, he wants me to do it. And so I'm just going to end in a prayer and I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus for all that you're doing in our lives Lord we thank you God for your love and who you are Lord and Lord we just thank you for the blood of Jesus that takes away our sin but we also thank you Lord that you make us new and I pray Lord as we talked about today Lord I pray that we will live set apart and and holy to you Lord God and I pray that your Holy Spirit would just guide and direct us in our lives, Lord, and how we are to to do that, Lord. Speak to our hearts, convict in our hearts and in, in what we need to do in our daily lives. Lord, help us to be set apart in this time, Lord God, with the coronavirus, Lord. We pray that we would not live in fear, but Lord, that we would allow Christ to just shine through us, Lord, and help us, Lord, to to reach out to those who are living in fear, to reach out to those and be a blessing to those in this time, Lord God, that we would be, you know, we would be set apart and that we would stand above what the world says. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just touch us, Lord, guide and direct us, let your work continue to bring revelation to our hearts. And we just thank you. For all that you do and continue to do. We glorify you and magnify you. In Jesus holy name. Amen. Have a great day you guys. Mm -hmm.